Welcome, welcome to another edition of the Charmed Studio podcast for heart-centered artists and writers. Today, I want to talk to you about fear, especially not fear of failing, but fear of succeeding. And uh, that's a certain complex that holds creatives back. My name is Thea Fiore Bloom. I am the artist and the journalist behind the Charm Studio blog over at www.thecharmstudio.com. And I want to just jump right in and talk about this guy, psychologist Abraham Maslow. And he believed that we all longed to soar. We all longed to touch the stars right? Especially us creatives. And maybe we have a dream and it's to sell a book, or maybe you have a dream to sell a screenplay, or we have a dream to get our art in a certain gallery or in a certain magazine. But you know what? Some big, weird, cottony obstruction always seems to be standing between us and our highest potential. We might succeed at a certain level, but we can't seem to bump past that level. And Maslow believed that all of us possess this desire to just go for it, to take a chance on our unique gifts. But the cool thing is he also believed that almost all of us eventually will sit on our soul stream, just sit right on it <laughs> like a chair and squash it. And effectively, what we do is then box it up in mothballs and hide it out of sight for sometimes for the rest of our lives. And why is that? Why do we do that? Well, there's one big hairy obstacle, that obstacle being a cluster of emotions and fears that he labeled the Jonah complex. And the Jonah complex is named after the famous Jonah in the Bible. So as the story goes, one day, this this is a bastardized version, of course, as the story goes, one day, a regular guy named Jonah, he gets this personal call from God, and God wants Jonah to preach to the people in the land of Nineveh. And Jonah did not feel worthy of such a greatness. He did not feel worthy of the task, nor did he feel brave enough to even honor the calling. And besides, the Ninevites... <laughs> had an especially nasty reputation for being these kind of biblical badasses and going to Nineveh to tell Ninevites that, hey, you guys are worshiping the wrong God would be like jumping into maybe a drunken mad stand full of like, let's say Oakland Raiders fans at a Super Bowl <laughs> and hurling personal insults at them. So anyway, consequently, Jonah freaked out and he opted to pass on his potential. Instead, he threw a few things in a sack and he bolted in the opposite direction of Nineveh. But you know what? Things didn't go too well with Jonah's escape plan. And by evading his own destiny, where did he end up? Well, he bought himself a three-night stay inside the gelatinous belly of a whale. And there he had time to what we now would call process. And Jonah realized that he shouldn't have run away from the task that God had chosen for him. And all of a sudden, the whale couldn't stomach Jonah a moment longer and vomited him out in land after he had that realization, that kind of dark night in the soul. And at this time, with his knees shaking, Jonah headed straight to Nineveh, where he had a few more trials. He survived. And you know what? The weirdest thing is he eventually became sort of a saint, real hero. So he achieved the calling that God had thought that he was able to. So anyway, the Jonah complex can be seen as this great tsunami of fear, and it's triggered by a huge new creative challenge or opportunity. And the Jonah complex can make it nearly impossible for us to start or finish a creative dream project. 
I have a, a good post that I'll link to in the show notes about how to start and finish a creative dream project. But the thing is about the Jonah complex, it can even prevent us from expressing or doing what we know deep down we are meant to express or do in this lifetime. But what is so terrifying about the thought of living up to our personal best, right? It's a good question. Why are we so scared of it? If something, I've always wondered about that, you know, why do we hesitate to make art if it's something so good for us? Why do we hesitate to work on our book if it's something so good for us? Well, here's five reasons I thought of why we're so terrified of making our dreams come true. Let me see if any of these relate, if you relate to any of these. I do. Number one, like Jonah, we fear if we pursue our creative potential, our greatest creative potential, we'll encounter a few really hairy obstacles and we'll encounter a few horrendous trials. And it's true, we will. Um, I think I'm going to link in the show notes to Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. And step number five is the in Campbell's hero's journey is the belly of the whale. Uh, number two, the second fear that we have is so huge is that like Jonah, we fear even more standing out from others. So we fear the obstacles themselves, but what we're more afraid of is the attention of being different. And by growing too high, we can attract attacks from the crowd. And Australians, I lived in Australia for a few years and I loved it. They had a great term for this. They, (laughs) they called it tall poppy syndrome Number three, we're all unconsciously terrified that if we rise above our fears and do our own thing, that this is so interesting, that we fear that we'll become self-centered, arrogant asses. How about that? Can you relate to that? Number four, we fear that we may then lose the love of friends or family who aren't self-actualized themselves. We fear that we'll leave people behind that we love. And and all of it's this, this... as Byron Katie would say, we're believing our thoughts. These are just thoughts that haven't even happened. The fifth fear is that after we fear the fourth fear of losing friends or family, we fear that we'll be laughed at. We feel fear that we'll be ridiculed uh, just for being different, which is a legitimate fear. Or maybe like me, you don't have one of those, but you have a whole combo platter of all the above. So do you have difficulty imagining yourself as someone who deserves success in your dream field of work? Almost all of us, with the exception of maybe like pathological narcissists, like momentarily ask ourselves, who am I to have this? There's got to be some mistake. And I'll give you a personal example from my life on how to sit on your own dream 101, (laughs) Jonah Complex in action. About 20 years ago, I was like a 30-year-old aspiring author temporarily living in the Midwest. I somehow got up the guts to attend this huge publishing expo for book authors. And I wandered around the booths and I met real publishers and I met publicists and I even met a nice few nice literary agents. And shockingly, a number of them were really receptive to talking to me and hearing about this book idea I had then. And three of these good folks gave me their business card. They gave me their personal phone number. They shook my hand. They looked me straight in the eye and they told me to send them a book proposal that week. And what did I do about it when I got home? Any guess? Well, I did absolutely nothing. Well, wait, 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 that's not true. (laughs) I actually did something. I went into full on Jonah complex freak out and I became just a basket of assorted fears. And I managed to convince myself that those publishing professionals couldn't actually be willing 
and even excited to help me achieve a dream. I couldn't imagine it would be of service to them, my book, you know. Their faith or their interest in me and my idea must have just been a mistake or must have just been they were being polite or just for show. And all my demons and all my inner voices in a choir just saying that it was to me that it wasn't real. So in, instead of sending them a book proposal that week, I quietly just filed their cards away in this, you know, weird little business card holder with plastic pockets and it effectively boxing my own dreams in mothballs where they literally gathered dust for 20 years until very recently I pulled them out. I pulled these cards, these business cards, you know, 20 years ago, everybody had business cards out of these sticky time-worn plastic pockets and I placed them on my living room table. And I did this for two reasons. First, to remind myself that the experience was real because I'm about to finish another book and second to photograph one of the business cards and share it with you and I'll link to the actual post where I share it in the show notes because I wanted to share it with you guys my subscribers because just in case you think you're the only one who sat on a dream just in case you think you're the only one who sabotaged one of your dreams I want you to see that you're not alone and you'll see this photograph of this card of one of these great literary agents I met that day that I never contacted 20 years ago. And yes, I Googled this woman, this Hecock Literary Agency. I Googled her the morning that I pulled this card out of this file when I was clutter clearing, whatever. And she just retired this this year. So, but my point here is this, is that when and if this happens again, I'm so ready to say yes. And my point more is, the, the greater thing I want to emphasize here is that I want you to be ready to say yes too. I want you to be ready to say yes with me to the next time that your next chance to unbox your dream happens, okay? So what can we do to make the next time different? Well, Maslow has an answer for us. How about how to leave Jonah and his damn complex in the dust? So Maslow and his contemporaries suggested a simple but effective solution to the Jonah complex. And that's this. Let me take a sip of water here. As you become more and more self-actualized as an artist... Remind yourself that you are not a god, but you aren't a worm either. Got it? No god, no worm. So how that breaks down is this in psychological terms. Maslow would want us to work our tails off on our art and all the while striving for what the ancient Greeks called the golden mean. By the golden mean, Maslow was referring to this middle road that runs in, beyond, what runs in between self-loathing and grandiosity. And that's the problem. We we keep fluctuating between both. We think, okay, if the screenplay gets published, I'm going to have to move to Hollywood and then I'm going to have to, my kids are going to have to change schools. On the one day we're thinking that and the next day we're thinking nobody's ever going to read this. The screenplay is horrible. I'm going to be laughed at. And um, why would I embarrass my family by ever putting this out into the world? So you see, those are two examples and you want to go down that middle road instead. I'm not a god. I'm not a worm. I'm a great artist with a beautiful thing that's going to contribute to the world. And I'm going to keep walking on the middle road. I'm going to keep working hard to stay centered on this road. And I'm just going to be this single beautiful star in the night sky. But you know, you'll be a star that's shining to its fullest potential. And you want to shine. And you want to shine not just for the good of your own soul, but for the good of all our souls too. Because when you liberate your own light, you heal support and you inspire others who need to see it the most you'll be an example you know Marilyn Williamson says it best the 
the former presidential candidate and philosopher. She said, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It's our light, she says, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We're all born to make manifest the glory of God that's within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others, end quote. What I, I just love about this quote is that she talks about um, fearing that we should, thinking that we should shrink so that other people around us won't feel insecure, which is something I think a lot of sensitive types uh, like artists that are really creative are often highly sensitive people who care so much about the well-being of others often to their own detriment. Uh, So we're so afraid that if we shine, it'll take the light away from somebody. But if we shine, what Marion Williams is saying is, Williams is saying is that if you shine, you're helping others, not hurting others. Okay. So if you need a little support in doing this, you can always come on over to the blog. www.charmstudio.com is full of other articles like this that are meant to support you at a soul level to shine. If you're also ever interested in writing coaching, you can find out more about that in the show notes. I I work with really cool soul-centered, heart-centered artists uh, by... um, referral and uh, application only. But I do choose a bunch of artists a year to work with to help them write their books. And if you want to be uh, one of them, you can always let me know over at the contact page, www.thecharmstudio.com slash contact. And uh, I want to end with a quote from the glorious Maya Angelou, who said, The desire to reach for the stars is ambitious, but the desire to reach hearts is divine, Maya Angelou. And the reason I bring this up is that I think that's kind of a golden mean quote, that the idea of, I think this quote is asking us too, that you reach for the stars in a healthy way by reaching for the hearts of others. So if you're writing work that's genuine and authentic and it's moving you, it's going to help others. And as Carl Rogers says, the psychologist, what's most personal is most universal. So what's bothering you and what you need to break through is the very thing that's going to help other people. And so instead of worrying about trying to get famous, really, when you write and when you make art, think about just putting your soul message out there and what you've gone through, somebody else will have gone through what you need help on, somebody else will need help on. And so the desire to reach for other hearts is a divine desire. And keep that in mind that you can be both a good person and a good artist and a successful artist at the same time. I can't wait to talk to you again. Who knows what the next episode's going to be about. Uh, but I have faith in you. I thank you so much for spending your beautiful, precious time and energy with me. I'm so honored that you decided to spend your time with me. Uh, you can stick around for the next podcast, or I'll see you in a couple weeks. Take care. Bye-bye.